welcome to Discord, a podcast to explore the intersection between music and theatre. I'm Adam Lenson, and week by week, I will be trying to figure out the conundrum that is musical theatre. This week, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Through this podcast, I've been trying to figure out musical theatre, trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, why people love musicals and why they hate them, and how we can work to make musical theatre better, considered more of an art form, and more interesting to those people engaging in theatre today. But there have been things that I've really wanted to talk about that haven't necessarily come up in the interviews that I've done, or directly related to the people I've been interviewing. Things provoked by shows I've seen, articles I've read, or interviews I've listened to. And so, I thought I'd try a new format of episode for Discord, one that I'm calling Soapbox. On today's episode, I want to talk about comic books and the way that they relate to musical theatre. When I was a teenager, I used to really like comic books. They seemed to me to be an enhanced medium that combined several others. They combined pictures and words to create something entirely new, something that functioned in a new way. They were read differently and they had a different potential to tell stories. They had the visual element reminiscent of film and TV, the angles, the composition, the juxtaposition, the symbolism, and combined it with words that were found in novels and poetry. They fluidly allowed the movement between the external visual world and the internal world of prose. The combination of words and pictures made a new medium with its own unique advantages, text and images working together to tell a story. However, like musical theatre, people began to tell me that that form could only be used to tell certain stories. I would often hear people say, oh, comics are only good at telling bright, colourful superhero stories, things lacking in substance. I would hear that comics are for nerds, a restricted audience, that they were useful only for certain topics. And that's something very similar to what I hear today about musical theatre. Musicals are a good night out. Musicals are silly and tuneful and cheesy. Musicals have tap dancing and jazz hands. Only certain stories make good musicals. Only certain people like musicals. And so comics, like musicals, are a medium where two things reach an intersection, where two things are woven together. Comics are pictures and text. Musical theatre is music and text. But what is it about mediums that combine two art forms that make the result less artistic somehow? What is it about reaching the intersection of two methods of communication that seems to lessen our perception of what that form can communicate and who to? And why in both cases is the form often restrictive to what content they can contain? Because surely content should dictate form. Interestingly, comic books had a rebrand to be called graphic novels perhaps to throw off some of these negative connotations and broaden the significance of the stories they can tell or the way that they're perceived. Comic book history dates back hundreds of years, and although the comic book hit its stride in the 1920s and 30s, it was in the late 1970s that the phrase graphic novel was first used, a phrase that tried to uncouple some negative or restricted perceptions of what comic books could be, of what the combination of text and images could be. But in my opinion, it still doesn't work entirely. My mum still thinks that graphic novels are childish, no matter what topic they're about. They still aren't mainstream like novels or films. They're still seen as outcasts, and they're still seen, in my opinion, as restrictive of the topics that they often contain. And I think musical theatre is similar to this. 
Should we rebrand musicals? Should we call them something else? Should we throw off their history, for better or for worse? Would it make any difference? Part of the development of comic books and graphic novels and musical theatre has been to try and branch out to telling unexpected stories. And this is starting to happen. But I believe it's often the exception and not the rule. Too often, both mediums are described to me as immature. I point out Mouse by Art Spiegelman, a graphic novel about the Holocaust. I point out Sunday in the Park with George by Stephen Sondheim, a musical about a French artist and the nature of philosophy of art. But still I hit a wall. Still people think graphic novels are superheroes and musicals are jazz hands. And we need to let these assumptions go. I believe if musical theatre is going to really progress to the exciting places that it can, that people need to let go of their preconceptions. They need to stop with phrases like, I hate musicals and musicals are a certain thing. Because musicals can be anything. Because music can be anything and stories can be anything. But also... In the way that comic books and graphic novels are an entirely new medium, one that requires a different way of reading it or observing it, I think that musical theatre is an entirely new medium. It may contain theatre, it may contain music, but somewhere in the middle of both of them comes something which is received differently, which is presented differently, and tells stories slightly differently. And I wonder if, in both cases, the reason that people dislike them is because they misunderstand them if people aren't yet well-trained enough at observing them and looking at them correctly. Which brings me to something I'd like to play you. I want to show you an extract from a podcast I enjoy listening to every week. It's called Pop Culture Happy Hour, and it's a weekly roundup of pop culture on America's national public radio, NPR. Each week, a panel will talk about the pop culture they've come across that week. And in this extract, they talk about Fun Home. Fun Home is an intersection of an intersection. It's a graphic novel that became a musical. It's a 2006 graphic novel memoir by Alison Bechdel. Alison is a lesbian cartoonist and the work follows her journey to piece together her relationship with her father who killed himself while dealing with his repressed homosexuality. He was the director of a funeral home where the family live and the Alison and her siblings nickname the Fun Home. The piece is not a typical story for this medium It is quiet, mournful, philosophical, and full of contemplation and beautiful imagery. Then in 2013, it was adapted into a musical by playwright Lisa Cron and composer Janine Tesori. It originated at New York's public theatre before moving to Broadway. Again, it was an unconventional musical. September 15th. Just had a good talk with Dad, and I feel so much better. Underline, underline, underline. I'm going to spend four years reading books and drawing, and I feel so relieved to let go of the insane idea that I'm supposed to throw myself out into the world. It's not the world anyway. It's Oberlin College. Wow. I had no idea what was coming. Sorry, the kids must have been cleaning in here. It took place in multiple time periods and mixed memory with present action. What the two different tellings of the story had in common was their fusion of the external and the internal. And I believe this is something that graphic novels and musicals share the ability to move into characters' heads to hear what they think before moving outside to hear the way they speak and what they look like. 
And perhaps this mixture of inside and outside, internal and external, confuses audience, or alienates certain people. Perhaps we like plays because they mainly keep us on the outside, listening to words as if we were hearing conversations. Maybe we don't like getting things mixed up. Anyway, that's probably enough set up. Here now is an extract from the September the 9th, 2016 episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR, and this is Barry Hardiman. When I was on vacation, I went and saw Fun Home, which unfortunately I think is in its last week this week. I was very, very moved by it. This is a musical based on the the graphic memoir by Alison Bechdel. And I read it in a different way, um, which I now understand from talking to Glenn, is that I finally have been able to read the images in a way that I had not been able to engage in graphic novels and comics before. And so then that led me to the rest of her. I read The Essential Dykes to Watch Out For. Highly recommend. Detailed, wonderful, interesting work. And now I'm on to Raina Telgemeier and all these other things. And I'm sitting here with a recommendation that Glenn just gave me. So I had this real breakthrough. What I love about this is that Barry describes a breakthrough moment she has with graphic novels, where she finds her way through one and discovers that it requires a new way of absorbing that information. And on finding that new way of reading and absorbing, she has a breakthrough moment where suddenly the whole of the medium is open to her, and then she sort of hungrily devours more graphic novels and more comic books. And I think many of us need to find that breakthrough moment with musical theatre. We need to realise its power, realise that we need to absorb it slightly differently, and realise that it communicates in a different way. And she describes something fascinating, which is that she learns, she says, to read pictures. And I think this is an explicit acknowledgement that the pictures and text both contain content and information. Both need to be read, observed and absorbed. And the story requires both. You can't just look at the pictures or you can't just read the text. You have to find a way of absorbing them both at the same time. And musical theatre is the same. The music and the text work together to tell a story. They both contain information and we need to learn how to absorb them both. After Barry has talked about Fun Home, another member of the panel, Glenn Weldon, who writes about comic books for NPR, responds to her. Yeah, I just want to pick up on that. I mean, I hear from so many people who didn't grow up reading comics that they don't really get the the experience. They don't understand, especially with, you know, very serious graphic novels. What they're doing is the most natural thing in the world. If you grew up a reader, you're bouncing from word balloon to word balloon without really looking, without really feeling the images. And uh, comics exist in the tension between word and image. They're not just words with pictures. Right. And the best artists, the best creators create attention there and and use it. Yeah. And people like Rena Telgemeier is a master at it. People like Alison Bechtel are also perfect at it. So to get that 360 degree experience, it's a matter of training yourself. It doesn't happen the first time. Yeah. So you have to give it uh, more than one shot. So Glenn says if you didn't grow up reading comic books, you perhaps don't really get the experience. And I think the same can be said of musical theatre. If you don't know how to watch musicals and you haven't got a regular experience of watching them, then you don't really get the experience of how to process them. He then goes on to say that comics exist in the tension between word and image. They're not just words and images side by side, but the two things actually pull on one another and create a tension and use that tension. And I always say the same about musical theatre. It's not just music and words, it's tension between the words and the music, the songs and the scenes. And it's the tension that we need to get used to. Because musical theatre can be a wonderful thing if people are used to watching musical theatre and learning how to benefit from what it can do. 
But I think people are sometimes afraid of it in the same way that they're afraid of comic books. And when people are afraid about something, they diminish what it's capable of and they diminish its potential to be an art form. So as Glenn says about comic books, you have to train yourself because you won't get it the first time. And I think that's undoubtedly true of musicals. So people shouldn't give up after seeing one that they don't get. Because if they take the time, I believe that musical theatre can be a medium that is unlike anything else, that takes music, that takes stories, and combines them in a totally unique way, in the same way that comic books combine pictures and words. Telephone wire, run and run. Telephone wire, sun down on the creek. Partly frozen, partly flowing Must be windy, trees are bending Junction 50, field needs mowing Feels like the car is floating Say something, talk to him Say something, anything At the light, at the light, at the light, at the light At the light, at the light, at the light, at the light Like you could say you and I are both hey yeah where do you want to go oh so that was extract number one I'd now like to play you an extract from another podcast this time the New Yorker radio hour a weekly podcast from the New Yorker it's an extract from an interview between one of the editors at the New Yorker Henry Finder and a comic book writer called Marjorie Liu here's Henry setting the scene a bit I think for a lot of readers, you know, wide-ranging readers, it's become hard not to take cognizance of comic books these days. It's just become an explosion of creativity. Monstrous comes out not long ago, and it created an amazing stir. He goes on to explain a little bit of what the comic is about. Our heroine is a young warrior who finds herself possessed by an ancient, possibly malevolent spirit. The story is rendered in a visual style that makes reference to Japanese manga, Aubrey Beardsley, Victorian architecture, the art of ancient China, and you just find yourself possessed by it. I think like musical theatre, because comic books are a combined medium that already contain both pictures and words, that it can ably contain a mixture of styles and influences all joined together. Henry then goes on to describe the writer. Monstrous is the work of the writer Marjorie Liu, who collaborated with the artist Sana Takeda. Liu is an old hand at comic writing. She spent years as one of the very few female writers working for Marvel Comics, where she wrote characters like the X-Men and Black Widow. I find it interesting that a reasonably highbrow podcast from a publication like The New Yorker are describing a comic book, and they're talking about a writer who they believe is making art, but also who started her career working for Marvel. And I think that that shows that even though we think of comic books by makers such as Marvel as kind of bright and fun and a bit dumb, that that isn't actually the case anymore. And that once again, our preconceptions of something have fallen out of sync with the truth of something. I'm now going to jump to the bit of the interview with Marjorie Liu that really fascinated me. Here is Marjorie. The beautiful thing about comics is that they are that intersection between prose and film in which we can capture both the visual nature of film but also the interiority of a novel. And the beautiful thing about that is that it allows both the eye and the mind to bear witness in tandem. 
The thesis for this podcast has always been to explore the intersection between music and theatre, and it was thrilling to hear Marjorie Liu describe comic books as the intersection between prose and film. She describes that comic books allow both the eye and the mind to bear witness in tandem. And again, I think musical theatre allows us to bear witness in tandem because we do experience music differently to text and it does interact with different parts of our brain. And in musical theatre, we're not just interacting with music and text separately. We're experiencing them in tandem and the two things are weaving together and impacting on us in what is a unique experience. And so you become immersed, um, you become surrounded by the story in ways that you might not necessarily be if you were just reading prose. Mm -hmm. And I think that this has become a medium in which people are coming into it and saying, wow, this is an opportunity for me to live in stories. You know, I can live in a novel, but living in a comic book and a graphic novel is a very, very different experience. And people say that they like gigs and that they like music and that they like theater and that they like stories. But living in a musical is a different experience to all of these things separately in the same way that a comic book is different to a novel or a film. And those differences shouldn't be ignored. They should be embraced. Because if they are embraced, musical theatre can do things that are special and unique. And I think that it's one that people are waking up to. And, and for many, many years, comics were seen as childish and remedial. And that's changing. That is absolutely changing for the better. And I've always wondered, as someone who admires and works in musical theatre, whether musicals too are often seen as childish and remedial, and whether that also needs to get better. I hope you enjoyed today's Soapbox episode of Discord about comic books and musical theatre. If there's something you think Discord should get on its Soapbox about, then find us on Twitter, Facebook and Tumblr at Discord Theatre and let us know. Also, if you're enjoying Discord, please do review us on iTunes. Discord is hosted and produced by me, Adam Lenson. Our co-producer is Emma Clauber. Editorial assistance is from Daisy Chute, Michael Connolly, Jonathan Lenson, Sarah Middleton, and Oliver Soames. The podcasts included on today's episode were NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, featuring Barry Hardiman and Glenn Weldon, and the New Yorker Radio Hour, featuring Henry Finder and Marjorie Liu. As always, our Discord theme music is by Luke Bateman. <laughs>